Hello, and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week, we are looking at 2004's Little Black Book, directed by Nick Huron, 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 and written by two women, Melissa Carter and Alyssa Bell. So, directed by a man, written by two women. Hmm. Here we are. Here we are in this story. Um, that gives us more women at the top than most of the films we look at. Yeah, I mean, definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, most of the people of consequence in this movie are women, which um, is which is which is good actually. Like, it's less. It's not. It's not bro time in this movie, but we do have a return of Kevin Sussman, who we were just who we just had last week. Very true. He was in Maid of Honor. Uh, so this is this is a rom com staple, Kevin Sussman. He's he has made the rounds. He is a yeah playing a man regular, <laughs> playing a man who is just really upset that all of the women who work for the show are more important and more memorable than him. Just honestly, true. <laughs> Which I mean, <laughs> they are. <laughs> I mean, they one hundred percent are. Like he seems like a guy who doesn't even really want to work on a show like this, but for some reason he's just like obsessively trying to be at the top of the show that he doesn't even really seem to respect. Yeah, like, he doesn't weird. respect it, and he doesn't appreciate it for what it is. Without like, I think he could even appreciate it for what it is without respecting it. But it just seems like he wants to be recognized. Yeah, yeah, yeah he definitely seems to want to be recognized. Um. So Little Black Book um, stars the late Brittany Murphy, who is wonderful, queen, sweet, talented, kind, good person. Nothing bad to say about Brittany Murphy, except that she just kind of had this habit of being in bad movies, uh, which I'm not 100% sure is her fault. It might be her fault. It might be Hollywood's fault. I mean, like... Another actress that we're probably going to get to because we're probably going to get what's your do what's your number at some point like Anna Ferris that's another person who's very very talented in a lot of bad movies still with us so I mean glad we still have her very sad we do not have Brittany Murphy um I don't know I feel like the need to say something about Brittany Murphy being dead but I mean everyone knows you know she had a really like troubled life but she was a really sweet person and she's good in this movie. Like the reason why I personally don't like this movie really has very little to do with her and everything to do with the writing. Not a fan of the writing in this movie. And I, before we started the podcast, so almost I would say every week, actually, before the podcast, we both sigh deeply about how horrible the movie was. And this week is slightly different because I actually... I have a lot of problems with the movie. Don't get me wrong. I certainly have criticism, but I actually enjoyed watching it. Um, yeah. And that's it, different because this know, movie was hell for me to watch. It's day two of my period. It might've just been a good outlet for a lot of feelings. Um, it, you know, who knows, who knows why? I mean, I, I have some theories, but uh, yeah, so I actually enjoyed it. So yeah, uh, that, you know, you can, you can agree with me or disagree. Anyone who's listening, I know Jordan disagrees and we'll, we'll hash that out. I mean, but I mean, in general, I kind of hate everything. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like it's very weird. Like, I mean, like, I mean, I, I figured we would clash at some point because I just generally, 
do not like things and the things that I have the most patience for are like things that no one else has patience for. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just a weirdo. Um, the conceit of Little Black Book is that um, there's so much going on. Shit. It's, um, I, yeah, it's such a con- like it really there's a lot to explain. Um, basically, I don't even know if we. Yeah. Uh, Brittany Murphy has this really annoying mother who kind of like uh instilled this I this like whole like concept of like planning your life and like fate and destiny and like lists like her mom it's like her mom like was a self-help book like just like the embodiment of that and so Brittany Murphy kind of grew up with like this whole um Brittany Murphy's character of course I'm not talking about how Brittany Murphy the person grew up um she just grew up with just this weird she's very goal oriented which is good but it's but it's strange because it doesn't really like the equation doesn't really leave a lot of room for like human error and personality you know what I mean yeah it's I mean basically her mom has this thing where uh, good luck is where preparation meets opportunity, which sure. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but it's, it's very much, you have to be prepared for the life that you want. And so Brittany Murphy as a child has that instilled in her. And then also her mom's obsession with Carly Simon and, and how she listens to Carly Simon whenever like she's sad um, to center herself. Brittany Murphy from a young age realizes she wants to go into uh, journalism broadcasting and yeah, she loves, loves Diane, Diane Sawyer. Sawyer. Um, ooh, that was a nice, like synchronized. Yeah. Thing <laughs> um, so that, that's her goal. So then that's the, you know, exposition we get. And then it fast forward, it, it has like this kind of half second where it's like, she meets this guy in a bar who Ron Livingston, who is her partner. And then we fast forward um to oh. adult Brittany. Oh, right before that though, before uh like there's a um certain moment where um she dumps her um college boyfriend or high school boyfriend, I can't tell how old. I think she's in college. Her college boyfriend Bean and she just kind of decides to do this like based on her whole like your life and like what's in store for you and she basically like philosophizes out of her relationship and doesn't really give him like a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like it's very much like I'm busy and I got to focus on my career even though she's like 17 when she does that so she doesn't have a career yet, but it's yeah. like I have to focus on my future and you don't seem like you are going the same direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, then she um she um meets Ron Livingston and like she says like from the moment that she met him, she knew that he was the guy. Like, just from the moment that she met him. And Ron Livingston, in my brain, most known for... Well, at first he was most known for being Carrie's most... Burger. Yes, for being Burger. The weirdest relationship that Carrie has ever had, in my opinion, on the show. Yeah, they never really clicked. Like, they were both writers, and that was about their only thing in common. Yeah, it really didn't. That didn't make any sense. Um... And now he's mostly known for like he's in like a lot of like mumblecore stuff with like the Duplass brothers and like that whole that whole crew of white people like Melanie Linsky and all that shit. So he's like in like he was like in like only a few movies for a while. And now he's just like in something every year. And I see his face every year in some other indie thing. And here he's mostly just paper. He's a paper yeah. person. He's he's really in, he's like a hockey 
manager. Yeah, he works for a team, but we don't really know what he does for them. Or maybe I just didn't even care about him enough to pay attention to the few times he talks about it. Um, Yeah. And he's trying to. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a bro and he's got a dog named Bob and he's just like a really, really basic boy. Like my my thing is like every because everyone seems to be obsessed with him in this movie. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like he's solid he has a job he has a place he has a like he seems to be like you know that guy that you know isn't gonna give you a lot of problems he's like a safety blanket he's a blanket guy yeah and it's i do feel like this movie epitomizes no offense male listeners hashtag not all men or whatever but it epitomizes like an example of like the low bar set for straight men um because Ron Livingston is, yeah, sure, you know, he's attractive. He has a job and a dog and stuff. Great. But, like, I mean, this is also goes back to the writing, which he said he doesn't have any personality in this. They don't give him a chance. Like, he kind of makes jokes. Like, he seems nice. But there's nothing, like, entrancing. He's not incredibly intelligent or creative or engaging or it's just he's just there yeah he's and just like that's a guy enough, apparently like it reminded me of like uh like near the near the end of my time in georgia before i moved to new york when i was just like dating guys and like even though i was like in my early 20s people get married there so early that most of your dating prospects are guys like that are in their 30s late 30s early 40s guys that just like never managed to get married and they really really want to be because they don't understand why they're alone in this southern society society so i ended up going out with a lot of guys who just like had pets had a steady job had a nice apartment and they invite you over and there's really nothing interesting about them but it's like they're trying to be as inoffensive as they possibly can so that they can get a wife (laughs) yeah (laughs) he reminded me of that he just oh my god just just reminded me of like very quiet dinners at guys apartments where they're like trying to find the right music to impress me to play in the apartment and i was just in my early 20s and did not understand this phenomena <laughs> right you were like he's like no i will be a good house partner and you're like what and what you're like i want to have fun what? i don't know or like a, let's have a fun conversation like or why something. is your dog in th- in the bed with us when we're making out like isn't this for like couples like oh my gosh <laughs> i dated a guy who was obsessed with his dog i don't even care if he's listening i know he's not um and it it like actually became a problem because I was like, can we not have your dog in bed? Like, <laughs> I don't like yeah. her that much. Like, and, and it's like, yeah. yeah. And it's like now we I'm sex. <laughs> <laughs> like now that I'm like settled with my boyfriend, it's like, yeah, it's cool. when we have a dog in the bed and it's cool. when we snuggled. But like we like built a relationship before we got comfortable with each other. A lot of guys just like cut to the comfort and Ron Livingston seems like that kind of guy. Yes. Where it's just like, let's walk the dog together. Yeah. Even- the dog, like the dog is funny, like Bob, but like the dog is like, I feel like I get to know the dog more than Ron Livingston. Oh yeah. That dog. I was way into like how the dog was feeling. Yeah. Bob was a key character. Bob is like the only man in this movie that I care about. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause there's really only like two men who like talk. It's like Kevin Sussman and Ron. I mean, Bean is in the beginning. There's Steven Tobolowsky with that, with that rug on his head. Oh yes. Yes. The, (laughs) The boss guy at the show. Yeah. That's, Oh, yeah, I guess we should the Britney. So basically, Britney works for like, you know, a a Jerry Springer esque show that Kathy Bates hosts 
called Kibby Con. Yeah, it's kind of like if Ricky Lake was trashy. Yeah. It's, uh, and you know, like her, her dream is to like do like real journalism, but she's, she's got to get her, you know, got to get her experience. Um, and she is friends slash coworkers with Holly Hunter, who's kind of like showing her the ropes. Um, really plays funny. Barb. Her character's name is Barb. Yeah. And Barb is like, Barb's a great character. She, okay. So I mean, at the end, mm, but. Barb is, Barb is like this, because it's Holly Hunter, it's almost impossible for Holly Hunter to do a bad performance or for Holly Hunter to phone it in. It's just completely impossible. Even in Batman versus Superman, which is a movie that I fucking hate, I still think she was really, she was bringing her A-game to that shit, shit She's movie. She's such a good actress. And she, the my, like, it's not even like an issue. It's just like, because I hate this movie and because it felt like every, it just felt so loud all the time. Like, this is what, how I feel about this movie. It felt loud. I felt like I was being bludgeoned it was just like super wacky all this all the time nobody took a second to like think or like premeditate anything and like and this was this was almost across the board except for a few key people and Holly Hunter is one of them where like when she's talking the movie slows down and it almost feels like a movie because she's giving this like great performance in a movie that doesn't really call for it. Yeah, no, she like that. I think, and that she is definitely one of the reasons that I enjoyed watching it. I mean, and, and Brittany Murphy. And since they're on screen so much and their dynamic is on screen a lot of the time, at least the first half. Um, I, I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty good. Like they feel like real women talking to each other and not just like, annoying puppets like so many rom-com women oh yeah nobody feels nobody feels like a puppet um but uh, yeah yeah. Uh, holly hunter i really liked her in this movie also julian nicholson which like i have been waiting for julianne nicholson to become a thing for a while she's got like a movie that's coming out soon that i'm not gonna say too much about that i feel like finally people are going to be like julianne nicholson has always been here And no one has paid attention to her. She plays Joyce in this movie and she's so good. Yeah. She's that's, so good. That's as the Joyce. other thing is she like, I cried during parts where she was on screen. Oh yeah. She's, um, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm, cr- I've never cried at one of the movies we've watched for this podcast. Cause they're usually so awful. If I cry, it's out of anger. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's, she's just so convincing. She, yeah, and you feel her. And, you know, like, by the end, because, I mean, spoiler alert, at the end, um, Julianne Nicholson and Ron Livingston um, presumably end up together. Like, we don't see it. But I assume that that's what's happening. And when it does, like, I want it to happen. I mean, I don't want her to be with him because he sucks. But the fact that she wants him so much and you can feel how much she wants him, you want her to get him in the end, even if it's just to like be with him for a while and then realize that he's garbage. Yeah. And then be able to (laughs) heal and like move on with her life because it does seem like that's unresolved. And so, yeah, like the conceit of this movie is basically that, um, Ben Sussman want is trying to like um I guess like be like, make a name for himself for this show and he suggests oh um little black book which in this in the case of this movie little black book means like palm pilots and like blackberries like that's what it means um what if like 
your man could be having like this whole secret life or like all these secrets and you need to check, you need to check their little black books. And and that's going to be the conceit of like this like sweeps episode. And it's going to be really great and blah, 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 which gives Brittany Murphy the idea because um her boyfriend, uh, Grant Livingston goes out of town and he leaves, he leaves his Palm pilot. She's, she's just like, Oh, I'm going to search. And I'm going to learn things about him. And what what really gets me about this movie is that I I do not condone this behavior at all. Like, I think it's really weird. I think it was really upsetting. I think that everything that she does is really upsetting and over the line. And I guess that, like, on, like, twofold, like, I think it's kind of gross and, like, not attractive to do. But on the other hand, like, I've always, it's, like, the kind of woman that you're, like, afraid of being. Like, yeah. especially as a girl, like, you're always afraid that, like, because that's the stereotype of what we're going, that what we do and what we, these. so, like, you know, uh, I don't know. It, it, it was weird. It was kind of, like, it, it. It, it it was I guess it was just like a like a like a like a tiny little like switch for me like where I'm just like mm, I don't like this but the movie doesn't really uh say no to this behavior like the movie doesn't really condemn this behavior because everything that she learns ends up being really helpful and it actually helps her relationship and realizes that she needs to end it. So it's almost like the movie is just like, yeah, snooping is great. Yeah. That, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was interesting to me because, because yeah, on one hand, you know, there is at first I was like, Oh no, like there's a stereotype, you know, or, or just like this cliche of like the woman. I mean, obviously men do this too, like going through this stuff, you know, but then, um, yeah, like you said, she learns things she didn't know and that he was keeping from her. Um, and, you know, things that are a conf- consequence, not like text to his friends or something. Um, and yeah, in I some mean, ways, the movie, I mean, it's interesting. It's written by women. It, there's almost a sense of it that makes it feel like it's saying that you should follow your gut and like not in the like, oh, you should go through someone's computer, but like in this like, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a gaslighting movie. Like, it's like it's like the opposite of gaslighting. It's like if yeah. you think that something isn't right, it probably isn't right, and you should probably look into it. Yeah, um, which like isn't necessarily like a bad, like it's not necessarily a bad message. I just kind of wish it just didn't go down this way. Well, if it didn't go down in this movie, because this is like the most destructive way to do any of that oh yeah, yeah. speaking of which this movie starts with um a quote from shakespeare um from the tempest that's that says hell is empty all the devils are here which not sure what that has to do i with thought that them. was a really dramatic way to start the yeah movie. i was like wow i was like, like <laughs> well like i'm not gonna lie like as even though i enjoyed watching it the heavy-handedness like like starting with that quote and then the Carly Simon thing just felt so forced. I was like, okay, I get it. You know, like you, that is Chekhov's gun. We get it. Like this will matter, you know? Yeah. Like, I was really meaningful, I, like symbolism, whatever, like you'll bring it back. I get it. This <laughs> like, is like bad use of Carly Simon. I, I really didn't like the use of Carly Simon in this movie, which I think also pissed me off because Carly Simon is the white girl that I stand for. Like, <laughs> I mean, there are a few, but like Carly Simon is one of them where I really think that she's like, 
really talented and I love like so much of her music. And if I wanted Curly Simon in a movie, I'd want it to be like a movie that was going to like really pull at my heartstrings. That was really going to be good. And I'm not saying that this like little black book isn't terrible. There's too much talent behind it for it to be terrible, but there's a certain caliber of movie that I think Carly Simon songs are suited for, and I just didn't think it was this one. No, I would definitely agree with that. It's definitely not like I wouldn't like you would want Carly Simon. It wouldn't have to be like an art house film, but you would definitely want it to be something that wasn't relying on gimmicks to sell, you know? Um, yeah. And this, the whole plot for this is a gimmick. So, I mean, yeah, it's weird because the song that really that comes up the most, like uh, so many, so many Curly Simon songs in this movie, but the song that gets played the most is um, Nobody Does It Better, which is a song, which is a Bond song that she did for um, the, uh, the James Bond movie, The Spy That Loved Me, um, which like <laughs> I just think is better suited for that movie like <laughs> like it's weird because it's a james bond movie so you're just like why is this song and when you hear it you're like and if you've never seen the movie and you heard it you're just like how does this work for a bond movie but it did okay it did <laughs> and i just prefer it honestly like at least there was some kind of weight to the spy that loved me it was a movie where james bond actually falls in love with someone instead of just you know like fucking bitches which i mean there aren't that many of i think there may be like three where he like legitimately falls in love there's one where he gets married and then she dies right afterwards oh which made God. me so fucking angry because i was like yes he's married these movies are going to be so interesting now because we can deal with like the marriage dynamics and the oh no she's dead <sighs> never mind <laughs> <laughs> anyway nobody does it better just watch the spy that loved me if you want to see better uses of nobody does it better because wow everybody's singing it in the, singing it in the bathroom just singing this fucking song and i just it's it it, it just it's, it's trying to mean something that it can't mean in this movie yeah That's how i felt unlike oh man the character okay so i guess so basically the little black book concept that kevin sussman has um uh oh so britney has a conversation with ron livingston um the show has an episode about bulimia which oh my god the way that they the way that they joke about bulimia in this movie is not oh, okay it made me it was so really angry upsetting. it was it was just like exactly what you would expect you know sadly like um very like haha women are stupid because they make themselves throw up you know uh rather than like oh this is like an eating disorder that affects yeah, a lot of people it's weird because okay like, so basically like ron livingston has three um main ex-girlfriends um one is like this like french model is is that a french accent that she's using the actress is not french so it's it, a fake yeah, accent it's, i think she's supposed to be french the yeah. whole, whole character like makes me so angry and i feel bad for that actress for having to be i don't know yeah, Josie moran she, and other stuff um, yeah she's basically she's basically the butt of the joke she's like the one girlfriend that really like nobody respects across the board and it's just because she's a model she was bulimic and her relationship with ron livingston was based on sex and but she i don't think she actually does anything wrong because basically the background is is that um Ron Livingston was, I guess, getting tired of Joyce, um, Julian Nicholson. He's getting, um, he's getting tired of Joyce. So he started like 
you know, fucking this other chick who's just like, I guess, like super hot and like sexually charged and whatever. And they had a lot of sex. And then like uh old girl just decides, you know, there's nothing emotional here. It's just sex. Um, there's a girl who really loves you. So I, why don't you just take her back and I'm going to leave? I mean, the way that she explains it is kind of bitchy, but like what she did there was nothing wrong with what she did. She made a choice that she thought would be better for him and better for Joyce. And yeah. she made the right choice. Yeah. And she knew she didn't have feelings for him like that. And she knew that she, he didn't really have them for her. He just liked to have sex. And like the writing makes her stupid too. Like they purposefully, I mean, they play up the whole, like she has an accent, she's from somewhere else, but they also do it in a way that's supposed to make her look stupid. Like she doesn't know what words mean. Oh like, my God. Her name is Lulu. And, God damn it. And her name's Lulu. And it, and then like, and then the whole like bulimia thing, it's like everybody just thinks it's so funny, which I also find unbelievable. Cause I'm like, statistically one of these other women has probably had an eating disorder or, or a good friend with one. And they're not going to be like, what a dumb bitch. Like I just, oh, yeah, I hated a- that. It's so dumb how she like doesn't allow herself to digest her food. Wow. It's so dumb. It's sad. What yeah. it is, is, it's sad. Like there's nothing funny about it. And it's- it, 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 that like her whole character was so misogynistic. Like the, the writing for her whole character was just like, we hate, like we hate her because she's conventionally attractive in this certain whatever way. Um, and then we hate her for have being affected by the beauty standards that she's like, surviving off of and like all i don't know i just yeah yeah i hated it i Um, hated it and it made all of the other women look really shitty (laughs) yeah um which brings us to um rashida jones who plays dr rachel keys oh my gosh so (laughs) kind of funny character i loved her um and here's why not because she did a really good performance because i've never really seen rashida jones do a really good performance i feel like i feel like i feel bad because like this is a like a black woman and i feel like i feel like and aside from yvette nicole brown which represent yvette nicole brown like she's not in a lot of this movie but i was just like i just want to be hugged by her just what a delight i know (laughs) um but as like the main like named um black actress in this movie i feel weird by saying that like like i i don't know like rashida jones is constantly playing these characters who are very difficult to get to emotionally like within the plots and also like within her performance where it's just like i've never been moved by something that rashid like by a rashida jones performance almost ever no you're i'm on board with you there because I feel like I always like her characters and like in this movie, she was supposed to be just kind of this like funny, she wasn't really, they didn't give her dimension. She wasn't one of the women that like, you know, had a lot of, she was supposed to be like a character. Yeah. she's um, supposed, And I'll get to why that makes, doesn't make sense in a second. Go on. Yeah. But like, I agree with you because like even in parks and rec where she's there the whole time, you know, and I like, I like her, but I don't know. I've never been, I've never cried or felt, I feel attached because of longevity, but not because of the quality of her acting or the writing that is given to her. Right. There were scenes where like Rob Lowe, cause you know, she, she, I think she, she ends up with Rob Lowe at the end, Chris Traeger. Um, as much as I hate Rob Lowe as a human being, and I think that he is fucking dog shit. He's a better actor than her. And it's really obvious when they're in scenes together, and there were moments where Chris Traeger was making me feel emotional and Ann Perkins was making me feel nothing. And that really upset and I me. I mean, when Chris makes you feel emotional and he's like one of the most cartoonish characters on that whole show. 
Yeah. You know, then like that. Yeah. Nothing. I don't want to like, I like Rashida Jones. I just, as far as acting goes, she's not like somebody I think of when I think of like the people who have, really blown me away right yeah exactly and i mean like i I think i think specifically and it doesn't really serve her well in this role because she plays a gynecologist um who's also like she she's also a writer she's also an author she's written books she has like a line of vitamins and like she's supposed to be funny because she's ambitious and like Brittany murphy who is also ambitious doesn't like her because she she thinks that she's self-obsessed but Rashida Jones really doesn't do anything to make it seem like she's self-obsessed or really anything she's just a go-getter literally the only thing that makes her seem self-obsessed which I thought was kind of funny is she has a vitamin line and her pictures on it but I'm like yeah that's kind of I mean maybe that's branding yeah I was gonna say having your picture on a vitamin bottle maybe is aesthetically different than how other people brand but like having your photo and promo yeah that's being that's having a business yeah Um. it's it's real yeah i find it to be really strange the way that like you know she's just she's just like treated everybody just laughs at her for being ambitious with the four women who are all like kind of hovering around ron livingston it's it's kind of like julian nicholson and Brittany murphy are supposed to be like not like other girls, you know? And then, like, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because Julian Nicholson really, really likes hockey. And like they're both like you know they're ambitious, but they're still humble, you know. And, and they're like they're still, like, they're beautiful, girl-ish. but they're still like approachable, you know, or whatever. Whereas like Rashida Jones is like the caricature of the career woman, and Josie Moran is like the caricature of like the sexually um, like liberated woman, and it's just like. I just like th- that didn't need to be done even in this movie. Yeah. Which is I not mean, supposed to be necessarily deep. What a good thing to do with Rashida Jones is because she's so like hard to get to emotionally, we could just, it could have just been like, she's really beautiful and hard to approach because like, I'll say whatever I want about Rashida Jones on this podcast. If I met Rashida Jones in real life, I wouldn't even know what to do. Like wh- what do you do when someone is that pretty? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Oh yeah. No, I mean like <laughs> I would definitely melt. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I mean, that's the whole joke on parks and rec is that like Leslie has like these like latent, like almost like le- this like latent lesbian love for Ann Perkins where she's definitely like Leslie Nope has had a few dreams about sleeping with Ann Perkins. Definitely. Oh yeah. That's definitely a thing there. <laughs> and like, yeah, I mean, Amy Poehler maybe has too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I bet. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, hello. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, she just like basically uh Brittany Murphy tricks all of these women into thinking that they're going to be like featured on the show in some way in some kind of new segment and she just does all of this lying to like get to know them and ask questions and like do all of this stuff just to figure out stuff about him. And what she finds out basically is that Ron Livingston is hiding a lot of shit from her. Like Ron Livingston lies about why he broke up with Lulu. He says that it's because the sex wasn't good. It turns out sex was all there is. He lied. He he never mentioned that um she that he co-parents Bob with Rashida Jones, which is a really big lie because it's just like you're taking the dog to someone else's place. And it's just like 
why wouldn't you just say that? Like, why wouldn't you like, that's weird. Like, yeah. Like where, so Bob's just gone for certain days in their relationship and they've been together for over a year when the, like when like the plot really kicks in. So it's just like, you've been together for over a year. He just takes the dog places and just doesn't say where he takes the dog. That's weird. And like, how would you not realize that? Like how old the dog is and that exes would know the dog and like, no, no, like, yeah, one of my roommates like sees the dog of her ex, you know, and that's like a thing. Like that, like dog, like dog custody is a thing. Yeah, dog custody is a thing. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, if I didn't like, if I like stopped living at this apartment, I'd visit Amy all the time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you connect with them just like somebody would with a child. Obviously, there's not the same legal stuff, but um, there's still a lot of the same dynamic. So it's it does it also does. It it is something that definitely makes Ron Livingston look bad because like Brittany Murphy's character isn't she doesn't despite the stuff that she ends up doing, which is obviously messed up, um her personality in this isn't overbearingly like she's not controlling. She's like a nice girl. She's like not she's jealous in like a way that's not natural. And um, she asks him questions that he should be able to answer. Like, I'm not saying I'm not trying to be victim blamey where like he deserved to like have like have his entire world like exposed and whatever. But like she asked him questions that he could have just answered. And then there wouldn't have been a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He could have just been like, Oh yeah, I dated. I mean, I feel like obviously every relationship is different, but I feel like it's pretty normal to like touch on your exes a little bit, you know, like just basic like timeline or when you broke up, like you don't need to, you know, I don't know. It's just weird that she doesn't know anything about any of these women having existed. Yeah. Yeah. That feels abnormal. Yeah. And the weirdest thing is with Julianne Nicholson, because like he seems to like actively be friends with her. He calls her all the time. They go to hockey games together. Like, uh, like later on you find out that like her brother is like trying to hook him up with like a deal with like a hockey team or like a sponsors or something. And it's just like, you have an entire relationship with a woman that you have refused to introduce to your girlfriend who you've been with for a year. Yeah. That's like not okay. And it's like, so like, it's just, it's like, he could just be he just tell her the truth, you know, like tell her the ah. truth because it's like, it's like he, like their relationship was obviously very intimate, but he wasn't like fucking Julianne Nicholson. So like, you should be able to talk about it. Like, yeah, it's so like, uh, there are, you know, people are friends with their exes sometimes. Yeah, they are. And uh, yeah, it's just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this- and I know it goes, I know that like, obviously most rom-coms are predicated on something awry because it, most people don't want to watch an hour and a half of people like having a healthy relationship. Although I would be down for it if the writing was good. Yeah. I would also be down <laughs> like, for it. I'm like, it doesn't have to always be chaos. It can be like other nuance, but, um, needless to say, that's certainly not what this movie is doing. Um, so basically Brittany Murphy, I don't know if we s- said this yet or not, but I mean, I'm sure if you're listening, you can also look up the plot. She, she, once she finds out that, um, Ron Livingston had dated uh, Lulu, the model. Um, she finds this out because Lulu was on an episode talking about bulimia and Ron 
sees the episode and he's like, oh yeah, I knew she threw up. And then Brittany's like, how do you know this model? And he's like, oh yeah, we dated. And then they have this conversation and it's like kind of awkward, you know, because Brittany's like, what? You never told me. And he's like, yeah, we don't talk about exes. And she's like, yeah, but I never dated Brad Pitt. So like, you know, come on now. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the way that she delivers that line is weird, but like, it's true. She never dated Brad Pitt. Like, yeah, like, (laughs) I think, I think that's like completely valid. Like, I think if any of us found out that like someone we were with dated someone famous, it like, you should, you should be able to trust your partner the same, but you're going to have some questions. Like my issue with Brittany Murphy in this movie is like how kind of like inconsistent she is like as a human being like you're really into Diane Sawyer who I don't know a ton about her but she seems to be like a very like level-headed caring white woman I haven't heard about any like Megyn Kelly kind of antics coming from Diane Sawyer have you heard anything bad about Diane Sawyer no she was pretty consistently like just a good journalist yeah and she's like she was like married to mike nichols who is like this like great director um you should definitely see everything that mike nichols has ever made honestly like everybody should um and uh like there's this moment in the movie where uh they're asking for like pitches at the table like what we're gonna do like also all of the weird like shop talk that they do there's a whole scene where like everybody just keeps on like saying words that start with like k and c and i was just like what am i watching bojack horseman like this is fucking weird yeah that was really (laughs) weird i didn't like i don't know it was just supposed to be a joke like it was supposed to be funny scene like a pitching scene like alliteration you know and like replacing c's with k's like, but it just went too long. Yeah, it went too long. And I was like, Bojack can make this funny. Y'all can't. Like, yeah, they're, they're, this was not the right movie for this kind of scene. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Brittany Murphy raised her hand and she's just like, what about like, uh, God, something. What was it? I wrote it down. Diversity in inner city schools. Now, I don't know exactly what she meant by that, but that sounded like something. And of course, everybody was just like, well, fuck it. But it's interesting that she said that. And then, like, at no point else in the movie does she seem to, like, express any empathy or really care about the outside world aside from what she's doing. Yeah, no, I definitely, (laughs) I I felt, I was very confused about, like, her actual dreams because it's like, I want to work with Diane Sawyer, I want to be her, and I'm like, okay, but... What kind of stories do you want to tell? What kind of reporting do you want to do? Where's your actual curiosity? Because, you know... I mean, the and they live in of, Jersey. Yeah. So like, which I kind of wish played into it a little bit more. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a New York movie. It's a New Jersey movie. <laughs> it is. It, yeah. It's a New Jersey movie. I mean, Jersey that is movie. a difference. Um, yeah. And she, yeah, she doesn't, they don't give her, the writing does not give her any actual like curiosity. Like the whole movie is just her investigating her boyfriend, which is depressing. Um, yeah it really is because like it seems like she'd be a good reporter like she's doing the work she's good at interviewing she's good at connecting she's good at asking questions so she does seem like a curious person but then she's not there's not anything else that she seems to want to investigate right yeah she doesn't there's nothing like yeah there's just nothing about like life that she's interested in she doesn't really have like anything to say about like injustice or anything like she like it's very strange that she 
wants to be a reporter but doesn't seem to know why she just decided that's the kind of woman that i'm gonna be and it felt very like vision boardy yes way more it felt way more about like i don't know putting on the outfit and the like and having the clips it didn't seem actually about the work or the story it seemed more like you have a concept of what a job is, you know, you have a concept of what writing is, or you have a concept of what journalism is, you know, what broadcasting is, whatever. It felt very naive in that sense. And so it seemed weird that there was no moment where she's, she's out there, she's on the field or, or she's working for this show. That's obviously kind of, you know, lowbrow or whatever. Oh yeah. We did mention that the show is hosted by Kathy Bates, but it's not actually super important. no, Kathy Bates is barely in this movie. Yeah. Which is a bummer. Yeah. Always, I always want more of her. Um, yeah. So I don't even know, like, cause like going through the plot, like it's a really like formulate plot in terms of like the turns and like what she's doing and like the interviews and stuff. And the climax really doesn't happen until the exact end. So it's just like, there's just, it kind of just, it's not, to me, it doesn't even feel like a climax. It just feels like it explodes and then it's over. Yeah. yeah. Like everything just builds up and emotionally explodes and you're just supposed to deal with it. Yeah. Cause basically we find out that, um, that Holly Hunter and like some of the other producers have set it up so that the culmination of all of Brittany Murphy's research is an episode of the show that they, the show that they do. And, um, and so it's just like her, and the three girlfriends and Ron Livingston all on TV together, just kind of like putting up with all of the all of the repercussions of the plot, like all at once. And God, what is this show called? I don't know if we said it's called uh, Kippy Con, which is uh, Kathy Bates name. Yeah, but one of the plot. Well, one of the plot lines is that Stephen Tobolowsky, uh, the toupee wearing boss um wants to trade kathy bates in for a younger host once her contract is up so holly hunter is you know jockeying for promotion but she also tells Brittany murphy you know like hey this is happening so if we do well who knows um right yeah so it just like becomes this thing where like everyone at her job that she doesn't even like betrays her and she has to like work out her relationship on national television um in which she realizes okay the person that ron livingston loves is clearly julianne nicholson and there's no place for her in the relationship and she realizes that everything that she was doing was because she kind of knew that it was going to end and that it needed to end which I which I actually think is a good thing. Like, it would have been weird if she would have ended up with him. But then the movie pisses me the fuck off because she runs into Bean and then she's just like, oh, no. What if everything that happened meant that I was supposed to end up with you? And she just that like... That was so convoluted, especially since we had, like, two minutes to get to know Bean earlier in the movie. I was like, am I supposed to care? <laughs> yeah, and then you, like, find out that he's married and then she's just like, uh... Like, it's, it's so weird that, like, after everything that she's learned, she actually thought that she could just run into some guy that she used to date several years ago and and then, then she'd want that like i like i wanted i wanted angry britney like she yells at holly hunter after the betrayal like which ends up also being on camera um well she doesn't even yell at her she just kind of tells her off 
And I wanted angry Britney. Like she, she's still like letting the, I don't know. She's still letting men call her emotions, you know? And yeah, there's nothing wrong. I mean, obviously romantic feelings are going to affect you, but like, it's just like she runs into her high school boyfriend that she dumped. And then she's like sad because he's married. And I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like, what did you think he was going to do? Yeah. Like, and really did like, is that actually going to make you feel better if he was single? Like, and you guys like hooked up? Oh yeah. By the way, he runs the coffee (laughs) shop that she likes to hang out at. And there's a barista at that coffee shop. And that barista is played by, Gwen Stefani's ex-husband and Bush singer Gavin Rossdale. <laughs> right? Isn't that like, hilarious? Yeah, what is yeah, I was just looking, I was just like, what is like, Gavin Rossdale doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Playing barista. Like not even a name, just barista. Anyway, I kind of wish that they had stayed together because her dating Blake Shelton, I think, is really embarrassing. And dating anyone who sings country is kind of embarrassing. I mean, except for the women. I kind of like the women more than the men. Like, is there a man that sings country that is worth a damn? Not sure. Not that I know of. I mean, maybe Tim McGraw. I mean, him and Faith Hill have been together for a while. And I'm just like, I like Faith Hill, like, as a human being. Like, don't do not tweet me and tell me that she said anything racist. Don't don't hurt me that way. (laughs) 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 But. I like Faith Hill, so like <laughs> I like Tim, Tim McGraw can stay. Yeah, yeah, Blake him- Shelton. Yeah, with that, I'm just like, come on, Gwen. It's like that thing where I'm like, it's like she's trying to like find herself again. Like she's like gotten. I think she's like 40 or like in her 40s now. I think she's actually um 50 at <sighs> least. I know because somebody was saying something about her being older than um Killian Conway. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I just feel like she's, like, in some kind of crisis, and I just want you to stop it, girl, and just please, like, find somebody that's, like, not, that does not wear those cowboy hats. And it's just... also, like, depressing when you're, like, Gwen Stefani is with him. Like, I don't even want to be with him. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Ew. where you're just, like, like, where you're, like, come on, girl. Like, the men do that better you're for with the rest b- of us. The men that you're with before were not only better dudes, but better musicians. Like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, this has, like, been, like, a very, I don't know. This has been, a, this, like, the vibe of this episode, like, as in me commenting on the episode that we're doing right now has been interesting. I don't I, know what's up with us. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe it's just, like, hormones or, like, I don't know. Are my hormones kicking? I mean, they always kind of are. Um, I don't know. Because I don't even know how to conclude this. Usually I'm just like, I know where to go from here. But with Little Black Book, I don't even know, man. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to compare this no, to. No, I know what you mean. I feel like, I guess, I guess as far as the vibe thing, I didn't know what you were referring to. But I think it's like, because there are those four main women, we just kind of swam around in that dynamic. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to come out of it because it's not like, I don't know. There's a lot of like rom-coms where there's like that we've gone over where it's like a guy and, and the woman and then like, yeah, and there's like other- no real guy to talk about because Ron Livingston is barely a person in this movie. And like, it just doesn't, none of it, it like everything that happens ends up really not being of consequence. Like the only yeah. important thing that happens. Well, I mean, in the end she, Oh yeah. In the end she gets her, she gets the job. To, she gets a job to work for Diane Sawyer. And then she immediately meets Carly Simon. Um, who? Girl, oh yeah, <laughs> girl. 
Yeah, girl, the ending. Why, girl? What, Carly? Curly, Carly. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that why actually like here? made me feel really weird and sad because it was really so forced. It was so like heavy handed. Yeah, basically, it's like it's like Brittany Murphy gets interviewed, and then and the woman is like, "Oh, um, Diane Sawyer is out, but she'll be back." Um, but you're perfect for the job. And we're like, oh my gosh. So this is like, you know, the ideal ending for this really emotionally draining movie. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, yeah, I mean, um, it just made me feel tired. Like just thinking about it just like made I'm, me feel tired. Yeah. Like I watched it today. So I feel like I'm like still. Oh maybe, yeah. I watched it right before you got here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I watched it like at home. I finished it on the train. Actually. I watched like the last half hour on the train on my way here. So I feel like we're both fresh off of that. And it's just a lot. Like whether you like it or not, it's just like, yeah, I don't it's just I don't, emo- like the acting is good enough that I feel emotionally drained. Which actually pisses me off. I kind of yeah. wish the acting was worse so that yeah. I could just like chill. Because then I could just make fun of it. But I, st- I have feelings that I can't even name about this movie. Because because there are just like so many talented people in it. And yeah. I mean, the, the untalented people do drag it down. But and like... I, I actually think I, I think I got sad watching this movie because seeing the talented people in this movie actually made me sad. Yeah. It was sad to see Holly Hunter in this movie. Like I know that it was like in 2004. So it was like 13 years ago, but I mean, still 13 years ago, you were Holly Hunter. You made raising Arizona before this movie. Once you make raising Arizona, just don't do movies like this anymore. And I mean, you know, maybe the plot sounded funny or weird enough that, you know, maybe these people believed in it. And I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And it's also weird that it was written by women. It's one of the rare cases where, like, we can't blame this entirely we on men. We can't blame it all on men. So I guess men listening, you guys, you guys you get a don't bone. carry all of the blame for this. The the women did this, too. Um, um, yeah, if you want to watch, like, a better movie, I don't even really know what to suggest that even compares to this. I don't know because I I can't think of a plot that reminds me of this movie. Can you? I I was just thinking that like man, <laughs> the closest one is um also bad. Uh, wait, let me look it up. Let me make sure I'm thinking of the right thing. I don't want to get misquoted on our, you know. Oh yeah, because I mess I messed up on a few things last episode, and just having to edit my mistakes I mean, out was really like annoying. The most similar, just because it's got the television show Humiliation is Hope Floats, which we covered, which is also oh yeah, horrible. we already did we already so, did Hope Floats, yeah. yeah. So you shouldn't watch Hope Floats either, um, because it's definitely as bad or worse, depending on really how you're looking at it. Um, yeah, it's less emotionally draining, um, because I think it's just, there's less like good actors. Um, although I mean, I love Sandra Bullock. Um, yeah, I can't, I don't know what to compare this movie to. Yeah. I don't don't know what to compare this movie to. And I also can't really suggest like a movie that you should watch it instead with these people in it because like none of them relates. Like I don't even know. Like (laughs) none of them are in a movie together again. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, like what do you do? Uh, check out the work of Julianne Nicholson. Okay. She's been around. She's, she's been hanging out. She's been, she's been plugging away. I hope that her moment comes soon. And, uh, I don't know, watch clueless and remember Brittany Murphy fondly. Honestly, watch uptown girls, which I think it might be, a, it's probably a bad movie, but I don't care. 
Um, and I say that being that, like, even one day we might do Uptown Girls on this show. But, like, even if we do, I'm going to mention how much I'm connected to Uptown Girls, regardless of how bad it is. Um, so, whatever. Um, <laughs> we will we will be back next week, hopefully with something that's not going to be emotionally draining. Yeah. And so I that mean, we can riff more. <laughs> you guys, yeah, you guys might not feel emotionally drained by this episode i hope that it was interesting yeah i hope it was because i feel like you know it was it was good conversation so um yeah. just gonna wrap it up here i'm jordan um, searles i'm bronwyn isaac bye guys bye